WrestleMania. We had a great show, awesome time. Everyone attached has my many thanks and much gratuity. Like that was, it was a fun show. One of those long shows that uh, didn't feel drawn out. This is the honest feel I had, you know, toward the entire situation. This is Blake WrestleMania recap and review. I'm excited. New wave in WWE. A lot of crazy that happened. So we about to get on into it. And uh, the opening match right on the kickoff, which I enjoyed. Shouts to the entire panel. It was everybody that you wanted to see on the panel. I can't really find the words to explain how, in my opinion, the kickoff panel, especially during WrestleMania season, is always really on point. We're just getting you hype about the pay-per-view, but really delving into the matches, you know, like, or just, just the, the I, I guess the, what we've seen with the storylines building and such like that, like, it's really good, and just so many small things, like, you know, certain commentators or certain panelists being, you know, subbed out, who was able to go on TV, you know, for the uh, USA portion of the kickoff show, all of these things, but either way, Tony Nese took on uh, the cruise, well, excuse me, former cruiserweight champion, Buddy Murphy, of course, for the cruiserweight championship, Tony Nese picked up the victory, and man, it was, it was great, you know, this was one of those matches that, you know, you could see how the night was going to be, like it shaped out you know, and gave us an idea of what to expect from the evening as far as timed matches went. And, uh, well, pardon, pardon this uh, ambulance going by. Sorry about that, but yeah, Tony Nice uh, picked up the victory. You know, it was one of those, one of those truly proud moments. I, uh, you know, was there watching the cruise, well, not in the building, but I was watching the Cruiserweight Classic. And to see Tony Nice at this point, you know, from from them just introducing all of the superstars from across the world, you know, the, the what was it, 32 best cruiserweights, 16 best, something like that, but either way, to see them, you know, being introduced and, and uh, just anticipating the cruiserweight classic, like, not even getting to see the entering action all the way up to this point, what, uh, three, maybe four years later almost, where, you know, you've got guys like Tony Nese who have been, you know, right in, you know, right in the thick of it with all of the 205 Live superstars, you know, the entire time being a part of, you know, different factions and, you know, them being on his own and being like, and, and now obviously growing to, you know, being a cruiserweight champion. It's it's great. It's heart it's heartwarming, really. You know, and especially anybody that's been following him. He was my pick in the Cruiserweight Classic, you know, initially. So, you know, this is the, it. It was very very uh, it was, it was cool to have that uh, happen for him. So Tony Nese looked great. Buddy Murphy looked great, also. You know, I'm pretty sure Buddy Murphy felt great. You know, passing that championship along. He may not be the greatest cruiserweight of all time, but he was totally a great cruiserweight of, you know, uh, 2018. So Cedric Alexander and Buddy Murphy both really uh, brought it.
And now Tony Nese has his opportunity to run with the ball. So let's see what he does with it. Women's Battle Royale came up next. I think, uh, first of all, again, the panel, with just the way they were flowing through getting to the next matches and such like that, I think they were just having, I think the way the conversation was flowing was very, very impressive. You know, we had a, we had JBL out there. You know, Edge and Christian was out there. Booker T was out there. David Otunga was out there. You know, everybody that, you know, it was a who's who panelists, in my opinion. But WrestleMania Women's Battle Royale had people that had Oscar going in, a lot of other picks. But uh, ultimately, Carmella was able to pick up the victory. We thought that uh, Sarah Logan of the Riot Squad was going to, uh, well, we thought she actually picked up the victory when she tossed out uh, the last, uh, what's part of me, the last, uh, you know, person. But then Carmella came popping up out of nowhere because she was never officially eliminated. And, uh, you know, now she picked up the victory. The Riot Squad had a great showing. I could uh, try to go into everybody, but the ones that really stood out clearly was the stories of the match with, you know, all three of the Riot Squad, all three members, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, and Liv Morgan. They all did excellent work. You know, working together, showing that tandem offense that I've always known they were capable of. I'm just glad they got the opportunity to really showcase that. You know, so shouts to the entire Riot Squad, and we uh, you know, can't wait to see what uh, what this win does for Carmella. You know, like honestly, she's beaten Charlotte Flair twice. She's beaten Oscar twice. It's storyline. You know, she's Money in the Bank winner. Whether we want to make that official with the with with two times or her made doing it by herself, she won. That was the plan for Carmella to win, and she did that. So very cool. We got like a 30-second dance break later on in the show, but you know, we'll get to that. But it very, very, very exciting. <laughs> Great moment. Great WrestleMania moment. And, uh, yeah, that was the Women's Battle Royale. So congratulations to the Moonwalking Trash Talk and Princess of Staten Island. <laughs> Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins uh, took on the revival for the tag team, well, for the Royal Tag Team Championships. Hadn't uh, really knew this was going to come out of anywhere. Uh, the revival being such a great, tag team just fundamentally and them taking on of course former tag champs and Hawkins and Ryder but uh you know these guys are well we know what was I think there was 269 losses Kerr Hawkins was up to you know and Zack Ryder said that they were gonna win the tag championship so they were gonna be better together they're gonna get the win together as a team and they definitely did that. To be able to pick up the victory against the Revival, I'm 100% certain we've all seen it by now. It, it's, uh, it was a little bit foreseeable, but at the same time, you couldn't tell, you know, like they could have continued this little run, but I'm glad that it culminated for them at WrestleMania. Now, there are rumblings. We don't know, but it could happen. I was thinking that, uh, Zack Ryder, because he had that little storyline a couple of years ago when he won the Intercontinental Championship, he's backstage really basking in that moment and being so happy, and everybody was happy for him uh, just to lose it the very next night on Raw. I mean, some some of these things, you know, it's 
You know, it's reminders that, you know, nothing is certain in WWE and be thankful for the opportunity that you do get. There's, it's a slight story, you know, like it's almost, I would say, and I don't want to say this to the detriment of Zack Ryder, but that, you know, this could be, you know, a WrestleMania storyline, <laughs> you know, like he always wins at Mania, but then the night after Mania, you know, he loses the championship or whatever, but... Who knows how that story's going to go. Great matchup. Great moment. Shouts to Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins finally picked up his first victory. Thank you, Zack Ryder, for that. And, um, yeah, I think it was a good spot. We're just going to see how uh, things move forward with these guys. I'm not going to put the eggs in the basket of a lengthy champion, well, tag championship run, but whatever. Honestly, tag championships uh, at the forefront right now, I think that this could be the catalyst to, like, the giant growth spurt that we see in the Raw Tag Team Division. There's still a lot of tag teams we haven't seen. Like, uh, we, I know the AO, one of the members of AOP is still injured. I hope he's all right. You know, so that's a, another thing. Uh, another tag team. I know that tags are building. We know Ricochet and Alice the Black. Maybe they're still a team. Maybe not. I don't know. Hopefully they are, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Like, that's not really up to me. I I'm cool with them being on the tag team for right now just because I have a fair understanding just watching the product of how TV time works and how it gets, like, divvied out on the main roster. So if I, I would like to see as many WWE superstars get their opportunity to shine on television as possible. You know, I know that that's not the easiest task to book that. But, hey, I'm happy to see them. So we'll find out how uh, the tag team division continues to shape up. But this could be, like I said, the catalyst to, like, the big, big moments that we're looking forward to regarding the tag division. Men's Battle Royale, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale next. Hold up. Heard something cool about a women's Battle Royale name change since the uh, fabulous Moolah Battle Royale, you know, had to not happen. But uh, I heard a good one. I believe it might have been from uh, Solomonster Sounds Off on YouTube. But he said, let's call it the Sensational Invitational for Sensational Sherry, I guess. I like the sound of the name. I got all respect for Sensational Sherry. You know, I think uh, I would say RIP, right? But either way, I definitely like the name of the Sensational Invitational or... Uh, the China Women's Battle Royale, like how it would be, have to be worded. I don't know. I don't know if they would go for that. You know, we'll have to wait until next year's WrestleMania. So tune in, right? But um, I think that uh, it, it it could that that could get legs. Like I, that has a little bit of traction in my opinion. I like the idea of you know the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royale being made that much more prestigious. It was it was nice this year. I know some people. You know, might not have been feeling it. You don't want to complain about the show and such. But I'm thankful that we were able to get it. I'm glad that the girls were able to go in there. Don't complain about it. <laughs> it was funny. You know, we know that Naomi was, uh, you know, mad that she was in so many senses uh, relegated to the uh, to the battle royale. But at the same time, they did give her her WrestleMania entrance. And that that means something, you know. I like how WWE is, uh, you know, using these small elements to make importance out of uh, what would be, in the old days, not as important events. Like, you get your WrestleMania entrance, 
you get to be in the battle royal. Not only do you get to be in the battle royal, but you get your entrance. That, those type things, you know. Oscar and Naomi both, uh, you know, got their entrances because they were two favorites going in, and clearly the company, you know, respects their tenure as we all do. I am so so high on uh, uh, Oscar and Naomi as a tandem, and. You know, I don't really want to see them beef. I would like to see a rivalry between them two, but honestly, a face-on-face -face rivalry just to see that in-ring technique. Pardon me, guys. But yeah, I would like to see uh, those two go at it. Maybe just, I mean, just friendlies. But it's only because, you know, I like personally, like, Natty's the same thing. I like it. I like that mat work. You know, when I did get to see my first live WWE show uh, back in October, I got the opportunity to see Oscar and Naomi go at it, and I believe the mixed match challenge, and they were so impressive together. And so I just, I, I like, I liked it. I liked the battle royale. I liked the story that was told in it. Everybody was. Uh, running through men's battle royale, that is. Uh, I mean, it, the, the eliminations were quick. We, they were getting to the storyline between uh, Colin Che and Michael Jost of Saturday Night Live, the WrestleMania correspondence. Uh, 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 I'm glad the WWE, I guess, were able to, you know, have these guys come in. I'm not too big on the fact that uh, Saturday Night Live didn't really promote WWE like that, you know, but I guess these are parts of the business that I don't know anything about, so I'm going to just stay in my lane, you know, but um, it, was a, it was a nice little, nice battle royale. People were sleeping on Braun, said Braun potentially wouldn't win. I can... I can understand why they would think that Braun wasn't going to pick up that victory, you know, having some odds stacked against him and having, you know, guys like the, the WrestleMania 35 correspondence, uh, you know, just hindering his, his path. But he was able to pick up the victory. It was a cool moment, fun moment. It, uh, I'll say it like this, and this is just... You know, me being real about my love for the product and the superstars and following them from their debuts up to this point. But uh, last year, we got Braun Strowman becoming a tag team champion for the first time with a 10-year-old kid named Nicholas. And shouts to Nicholas, because he's, he's going to be back, boy. And I tell you, he is... He's gonna be something, something to worry about. But it was a fun spot for WrestleMania last year. This year, he's, you know, dealing with our guests, if you will, like outside guests that, uh, you know. Uh, uh, but the battle royale was fun. I would almost go back and watch it and speak to certain uh, small rivalries that I could have seen. Harper was back. That was a good look. Good to see Harper. Y'all know I've been talking about it for some weeks now. Just wanted to, 
you know, see him get back in there and we got that opportunity to see him get in there. He got that opportunity to get in there and he looks like he hasn't lost a step. He looks like he's right back, you know, and we saw him and Braun stare each other down briefly. What does that mean? We don't know, but we'll just uh, we'll just see how it all plays out. Either way, Braun Strowman wins the, uh, the battle royale and, you know, he's Braun Strowman. You know, like he's still the monster among men in my opinion. He's still very powerful. He lifted that Andre the Giant trophy, hoisted it over his head. You know the man is a power lifter. He, he's, uh, he was hype about it. He's making good use of it. And I really appreciate how WWE constantly tries to make sure we in the WWE universe know that Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar, excuse me, that Braun Strowman is, uh, you know, is somebody to take seriously. And it's, it hasn't been like that for me since the days of Kane and the Big Show and Undertaker. Like, now you get to, you, you, you learn who you're gonna face and the crowd even shudders. Like, we're all scared for whoever has to take on Braun Strowman, you know? So, he, he was made to look strong. He's always made to look strong. I had an example I was gonna make. I can't recall it in the moment, but Braun Strowman is definitely a WWE superstar that of course as we all do needs work but he will get to uh, that main event level I hope, it is my sincere hope that by next year's Wrestlemania he is in a serious uh, you know championship program with a superstar that is you know the same caliber oh man speaking of we all thought it was gonna happen we all heard slight rumors of it but we didn't see it I'm asking now officially, where in the hell is Lars Sullivan? Lars, my lord, if you can hear me, we ain't gonna look at you like you're weak. We ain't worried about how you gonna be booked. They said they gonna book you as a monster. Trust the process. That's what Alexa Bliss said back in Breaking Ground and a whole bunch of other ones. I'm pretty sure all the NXT superstars will tell you, a lot of them. Trust the process. So come on home, Lars. Raw after Mania. Are we going to get him tonight? Who knows? Let's find out, though. All right, so that was the kickoff. Very fun. But now we're into the show of shows. Well, our host, Alexa Bliss, who did an excellent job last night, you know, opened up and introduced Hulk Hogan. Told everybody if she wants a WrestleMania moment, she going to get one. Snap the fingers. Out comes the Hulkster you know, greets the crowd, this man has, he is a part of the reason, like, you can't say, you can't say WrestleMania without thinking about Hulk Hogan, so, she brought him out, they both posed, it was awesome and epic to see uh, Alexa Bliss posing like the Hulkster, and, you know, him right there giving the co-sign, it was really awesome, so, uh, after that, out comes Paul Heyman, the advocate, and he is basically telling the, the WWE universe that if him and his client ain't the main event, then there's no reason to hang around the show of shows. So disrespectful, but it's all right. Uh, comes out, brings out Brock Lesnar. Comes, well, out comes Seth Rollins, the Kingslayer, 
in that night evolved into the Beast Slayer. Story was told beautifully, Brock. Uh, you know, he couldn't control himself. Seth wouldn't leave. You know, like, we try as hard as we can. And I'm, I'm saying we, like, I'm actually working with the company and the off chance that they'll ever hear this. But no, like, you can see that they do their best to keep the superstars off of each other. Leading in the big shows. And it's been like that for, you know, it's been a fair build, you know, leading into it. And we all were excited for the match. But, man, I tell you, Seth Rollins went in and got beat up. Wait, sorry. All right, Seth Rollins went in, got beat up early. He's he just walking down the ramp. His eyes would not leave Lesnar. Lesnar was ready. And, um, you know... Lesnar was just ready, like, all right, you looking at me? So as soon as Seth got up to the apron, basically, this is when Brock decided to jump up and start attacking him, turned into a complete beatdown. We all thought Brock was going to slot Seth in the ring, F5, 1, 2, 3. But didn't happen like that, thankfully. Uh, something happened where the referee was uh, distracted. I think he got thrown out the ring or pushed out the ring or something of the sort. But in that distraction, Seth Rollins was able to pick up that low blow, which was the epic foreshadowing from uh, Raw last week. So, low blow, three curve stomps, one, two, three, new universal champion. The belt is back home, and it feels good. You know, it. we all in the WWE Universe can't wait to uh, see it happen. One of my mania moments was getting to see Seth spin the Universal Championship over his head. My first WrestleMania back uh, watching, I got to see Seth Rollins essentially pull off the heist of the century, and it shocked everyone when he cashed in. Even though it was almost foreseeable, it was the one moment of the night where we none of us thought it would have happened. Like none of all of us stopped thinking about it. So to see Seth uh, at this point, you know, cash in on Brock, and then you know finally defeat Brock one on one. Hmm. By hook or by crook. WWE teaches that a win is a win. And you pick it up however you can get it. So it's a good look to see that, uh, you know, the Beast Slayer now runs rampant on uh, WWE TV. He's uh, officially a, and he always has been, but now he's a top slotted superstar in the company. Like, no question, he is solidified as a great. So, that was uh, that awesome match. A lot of fun. And uh, that was it. Let's get into the next one now. AJ Styles, Randy Orton had a real cool match. It was enjoyable. It was, uh, it was exactly what we figured we would see. A couple of spots that, you know, me just watching that match, knowing that I was anticipating it a fair amount. I, um, I figured out the things that I was looking for in that match. You know, I wanted to see... Uh, Randy delivered a power slam. I wanted to see Randy pull out a pull out an RKO, and I wanted to see AJ do a springboard phenomenal forearm to the outside. We got all of those things. They all looked great. It was a fine story told. Very good point that was raised. Since the match didn't really have any stakes, but did mean something. They threw it in early, and um, it just worked well. It was if it was later on in the if it, excuse me if it was later on in the evening and I'm not too sure how anybody would have took to it, but 
because it was on so earlier, we have the respect that we have for these superstars. We really all enjoyed it, though, you know, the way it went down. Last uh, Phenomenal Forearm definitely looked like they were trying to get everything just bunched in right on time, but that was that element to the match that I was really looking for with those two. Like, right at the very end, I, I, was, I was happy with how that match took place. No titles on the line, no craziness. Just see who is better. The indie scene was represented very well by uh, AJ Styles. And shouts to Randy for, you know, being Randy in that situation. Shane McMahon, the best in the world. Took on uh, the Miz. False count anywhere match. Father's honor. Man's pride. It was... Uh, showcase of masculinity between those two. Shane did the cowardly heel thing for a little while. Good showing from Shane. I mean, we could get into the full story, but we've seen it. Shane McMahon is one tough son of a gun, man. Those bumps that he took, it was moments where I really figured that I... uh I was thinking the match was pretty much a foregone conclusion, and it turned out that it wasn't. You know, Shane was able to kick out of so much wild stuff. And, of course, moment of the night, another one of those, uh, another one of my WrestleMania moments was watching Shane fall off of that golf cart. Gosh. Oh, my God. He already was sent up and fell backwards. And when he landed on the golf cart, he slid backwards and then fell, what, another eight feet, I believe, commentary called. So, maybe not eight feet, but still, well, man, look, it was, we all seen that, and that was crazy. A uh, big superplex spot at the very end. I, man, we all expected to see Shane jump off of something. We didn't know what was going to happen. It was awesome to see Shane and Miz both go through that together. It had the shades of the Shane and Kurt match. It had shades of Triple H and Undertaker all those years ago at Mania. That's just the feeling that I got personally from it. And, uh, you know, just brawling all around in the tech area and the international booth and stuff like that. Like, it was very, very respectable for me personally because I always enjoy uh, seeing just how, you know, commentary from across the world could be reacted to all of that stuff. And of course, they act just like they react at the table that we're all accustomed to in America. But uh, it was definitely highly entertaining to know that, you know, sometimes you get really excited with the commentary. I know I do. And uh, you could imagine how the world was buzzing with all of the different places, <clears throat> all the different countries and different languages that WWE is translated to. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure there might have been a slight spike in everything. And if we're just looking at a photo of the globe, you know, like all of the places the WWE reaches had to been lighting up, you know, piece by piece. It was it was beautiful. That's just the way, you know, the way I think about, you know, the product at times. But it was very, very awesome. See him fight through the whole tech area, international commentary area. Big superplex spot. Shane had the shoulders on top of Miz's shoulders. So 
the best in the world, picked up the victory. And now he is literally still being the best in the world. And shouts to Miz for taking some of those bumps too. And that giant fall. Like that's... Mike Mizanin is no coward. Nope, not at all. Tag Team Championships came up next. Usos, Alistair Black, Ricochet, The Bar, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Rusev. Good Fatal 4-Way tag match. It was, uh, the match really got started when everyone thought that Ricochet and Alistair Black, who were on their third Tag Team Championship opportunity in the week, uh, you know, where he almost picked up that victory after the 6.30, I believe it was. Everybody jumped in the ring. That was when the chaos ensued. Fast forward to the end of the match. The Usos were able to pick up, uh, you know, dueling super kicks and the double ooze giant splash in the top ropes on Sheamus. One, two, three. Moment of the match, though, had to come from Sheamus and Cesaro. Ten beats to the Baldrin and the, the Cesaro spin. Man, Cesaro had to spin Ricochet about 50 times. I would say 45 just to be safe, but oh man. And then you had, you know, Sheamus doing the beats to the chest on just so many different superstars. It was a really, really fun spot. It had that WrestleMania feel. It reminded the crowd of just how much they respect Sheamus and Cesaro and beating the bar. I really like how, um, I like how, uh, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev are, you know, kind of being built as, like, the other side of the bar. Like, they, uh, like, Sheamus and Cesaro definitely had a blood feud going into their, you know, tag team run or their union. Cesaro and Rusev full for the United States Championship, but now... They have a common goal in just being mad that they're looked over superstars in the company in some senses. And that's understandable. You know, I can I can respect how both of them have come together as an odd couple with a common goal. And, you know, maybe this could go places. You know, they didn't necessarily get pinned. So there's a chance. I already spoke on Ricochet and Alice the Black earlier. I don't really want to see them not tagged up. I don't want, I, maybe, I think right now the best thing for them is to continue, you know, building. Maybe you have, I don't know, singles matches and have one in the corner or have them in each other's corner, you know, going throughout the shows. Who knows? I don't know, but this, that was just an idea. But all in all, the Usos pick up the victory. In my opinion, I think this solidifies Jimmy and Jay Uso as like, you know, a real tag team now. Like they have been, we all know. You shouts to the Uso Penitentiary and all of that. But, you know, we're just coming back and watching for, you know, at this point, this was, I think, my uh, fourth mania. So to see, and that was another thing I forgot about. Like last year, their whole thing was, you know, they hadn't really had a WrestleMania match or something like that. But then they got into it and they didn't win last year. But now this year they went in and. You know, even though I was kind of looking at Nakamura and Rusev to take the victory, I think the the best thing to do for superstar morale and, you know, just solidifying, you know, more respect from the WWE universe, the Usos going over and winning that match, I think was the best possible move to make. Because now, 
they can say they picked up their big win. And not just against one team, not just against two teams, but against three teams. It's three top teams at WrestleMania. So, with that, Usos pick up the victory. Shouts to them. And uh, let's get on to the next match. All right, Women's Tag Team Championships up next. Uh, uh, we don't really use the Divas term anymore, I remember. But uh, Natalia and Beth Phoenix, the Glamazon, who looked great, took on the Iconics, took on Bailey and Sasha Banks, took on Nia Jax and Tamina. Everybody did a great job. Match went the way it was supposed to go. I don't, uh, you know, we had so many matches that we had to go through that the the timing of the matches, some of them went longer, some of them were shorter, but ultimately, the Iconics win the Women's Tag Team Championships, and y'all know I'm so proud, you know, watching uh, these girls come up and, you know, get called over, like, I barely even remember because they've been just the mainstay on the main roster now, in my opinion. But great, great teamwork. Great, you know, friendship, great bond they have. A great story they have, you know. And I, I said I would leave it to the fans to decide. Like, I like them, but I'm just, like, I don't have an opinion on how they cut their promo. The people like it. So if the people enjoy it, I'm not going to talk down on it. I'm not going to knock it at all. I rock with damn near everything WWE does. I can't say, I'm not going to say WWE can do no wrong. I'm just going to say I do my best to understand where they're coming from with how they do. You know, so I like the Iconics going in as the Royal Women's Champion or Royal Women's Tag Team Champions now. You know, uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks could fight for it. You know, and I'm not saying like, uh, oh, they're just just see over them, see past them now. No, they were the first ever women's tag team champions. So put some respect on that. But to continue building the women's division, which is the ultimate goal, which was the vision here. I think that the Iconics going in and winning the women's tag team championships at WrestleMania is a nice feather in the cap just for the women's division in and of itself. So. That was cool. Good match. Good spots from everybody. Nia Jax looked awesome. I liked her hair. I just liked the, the hair and the feel and the look that she was coming with. Tamina looked great. You know, like, I, I, like I said, I can say it talk about the women's division all day. So let's hurry up and get on into the next match. I believe it was uh, Kofi and Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. Daniel Bryan out there with the hemp title. You know, natural. Natural products. And, uh, you know, Kofi, look, I'm going to just keep real child, and I'm African-American, and I do this. Like, uh, you know, trying to podcast and analyzing the product. And we all know that there have been uh, many different stories concerning the top title in world wrestling entertainment. And I'll say it just like that. We've had world heavyweight champions before, but the championship belt that we all know and love we have never necessarily seen the African-American or Ghanaian, Jamaican, whatever. You know, like, Kofi Kingston was able to realize that dream last night. And I don't even want to get emotional about it because, like, it, it's serious. It's serious enough because you never know who can be impacted. But I can definitely say that I have been 
personally impacted and inspired by Kofi, you know, beating the odds or being scripted to beat the odds. You know, it, in my opinion, comes from, uh, you know, up top saying, yeah, if they're throwing obstacles in front of you and then you can persevere and you'll definitely get exactly what you're looking for. And not only did Kofi get his opportunity at WrestleMania, Kofi Kingston is now the WWE champion. And it was it was such an honor, you know, just y'all know I've been saying it for months now, essentially since I started the podcast. The New Day is my favorite team. It's been an organic build from their oh coming soon video packages, you know, all the way back in like October of 2014, I think. Up till now where, you know, Kofi mm-hmm. is the WWE champion and uh it's it's really beautiful, man. It, it it's all inspiring and it makes it makes me feel like anything is possible as long as you're willing to, you know, put in the work to get to that point then it is it is it, it can it, it, it can happen yo the, those those stars will line up for you and you can get what you're looking for you can get what you always wanted and what you dreamed of these people take uh wrestling and sports entertainment so serious so to see that you know Kofi and you know, the rest of his team were able to share in that victory together. It was, uh, you know, I'm thankful to be able to see things like that. So it was awesome. Great matchup. I'm honestly not going to take anything away from Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan was a, look, this is, we know what the sport is. So I'm not going to call him a good sport. We're just going to thank Mr. McMahon and thank Daniel Bryan for, you know, uh, having uh, you know, like making sure that this all happened in a way that we all were truly emotionally affected in a positive way. You know, so it was a real good moment, real good matchup between the two. Daniel Bryan, you know, he's an in-ring technician, so it wasn't even like it almost wasn't close. You know, Kofi wouldn't stop. Or he wouldn't stop, you know, coming with the fight. And that was cool. You know, he would not stop coming with the fight. And, but, but, you know, Daniel Bryan was just, you know, in ring, all of the, just the techniques, the submission holes, the way he was moving about the mat technique, just this mat movement, in ring skills. He was, they were both really showing out on the grandest stage of them all. So I really, really liked it. Very, very cool match, man. And thank you, WWE. Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre had their match next. Not a bad match. You know, it was, uh, you know, the heroes welcome home. Drew McIntyre doesn't look any more weaker by taking that loss. It was one of those matches where we were just, uh, you know, at this point trying to get through the show, you know, get to the main event, get through the rest of the matches. It was a uh, it was a long night. Like I said, the matches weren't drawn out, though. So it was uh, it all it all went by. All right. Good morning. Excuse me. But yeah, Drew, I don't think uh, I don't think Drew looks any weaker. I think, of course, Roman looks strong. I think uh, Drew can, uh, honestly, if Drew goes down that road that they're trying to take Braun down, which is making him continue to look strong even in certain defeats. You know, like Roman has main evented for the past four years. You can't just go in and make the man lose. You know, Drew McIntyre is, again, solidified. He beat the whole shield. You know, like, we're going to miss Dean Ambrose. You know, like, it's a, you know, it's a shift in how things are, are going. 
in WWE, but you know, I don't I'm not mad. You know, I think I think Drew McIntyre is a great superstar. He's still one of my top talents. Hold hands down, no questions asked. And you know, I can't wait to see who Roman takes on next. I like the I like the flow of offense from both sides. We know Roman and the moves of Doom. There's certain spots where they they weren't rushing those happenings. And when they did go and happen, it was like, all right, cool. Like it was just it was just a good matchup between the two. So I liked it. Roman picked up the win off the spear. We had to move through the night, though. So I think we skipped the match with uh, Rey Mysterio and uh, Samoa Joe for the United States Championship. We know Rey was injured. He had an ankle injury, but, you know, he's still out there. But come on, the Samoa submission uh, specialist, he's a submission machine. He wasn't going to take no L like that. You you already wounded, but you want to go in there? Okay, he took him on and he took an L. No disrespect to the Lucha DHC at all. Shouts to Rey Mysterio. He was, you know, man enough to go out there. We know there might have been storylines and such like that, but since since Dominic got back on TV, it was like almost a toss-up with how, whether, they, whether or not they were going to pull the trigger on an actual WrestleMania storyline with that, and that was the feel I got from it the whole time. So it was, you know, it was what it was. This match it filled up the time. It was just fast, well, fast-going match, and then we moved on into the next one. Elias's performance was beautiful. I think Elias uh, is totally a superstar of tomorrow with the WWE. He is. Uh, he has all of the tools. He uh, he drummed at WrestleMania. Awesome. Played piano at the same time on the on his Titantron screen, and then played guitar in the ring. That man, that was great. That was that was great. So, shouts to Elias for that. This brings out the doctor of thugonomics, John Cena. And, uh, you know, we all wanted him to take on Kurt Angle. Didn't happen. He uh, came out, spit some hot fire at Elias, and then gave him the F-U, not the A-A, the F-U. And, uh, you know, that was the segment. Real fun. Good to see Cena. With how busy he is and, you know, seeing him everywhere and, you know, just, you know, being who he just being John Cena, you know, it was good to see him, you know, back at WrestleMania. He, one thing about John Cena, I can say he always proves that he loves this. You know, he said it and he's really standing on that. And I know the feeling, you know, it's uh, some weeks that's been very hard to do this podcast, but I did it because I love WWE. And I understand when John Cena comes through and says the same thing. It was a long, uh, a promo a long time ago about how he spoke on loving the product and such. I think he was going up against AJ Styles at SummerSlam. But either way, it's a, I, I appreciated seeing him. It was good to see him. Good to see Elias. And that, was, that, that whew, I couldn't have did it no better. Triple H and Batista had their one-on-one. Huh? Whole, you know, no holds barred, crazy fight. Triple H had the chain, sledgehammer, all the weapons, toolbox, table spots, everything you wanted in that match. You got two powerhouses. Not gonna look at any of the flaws in the match just because it's a, it, it ain't worth it. You know, put some respect on the game. Put some respect on Batista. I enjoyed the match. I thought it went, it went exactly how it was supposed to go. Triple H picked up the victory. Uh, but it was after Ric Flair interfered, and that was exactly what was supposed to happen. It was good to see the Nature Boy come out. 
And Triple H, just, you know, he picked up that win over Batista. The animal, I'm glad that he was able to get his closure. You know, he came out. Triple H got his win back. Batista got to promote, he gets to promote his movie. And he got to be at WrestleMania. And he had an awesome entrance. Triple H had an awesome entrance. I didn't have the VR headset, but I know that it was real good. You know, so it was, uh, it was just, just, a, just a good match all around. And we were just trying to move through the show. At that point, you could, like, everyone could tell that. So... You know, it, it is what it is. I, I liked it, though. I liked it all. Oh. Huh. Look at that. I'm sorry. I'm thinking I stop. I pressed stop. Pardon me. I apologize. Uh, Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin were at it next. Kurt Angle and his farewell match. You know, there's a chance that Baron Corbin wasn't going to win this, but he actually picked up the victory in the days. I'm not going to get too much into the details. I'll say this, though. First of all, Baron Corbin, is he, he's in a great spot right now with just the superstars disliking him. I am, you know, I am almost so excited that I was right about that. You know, like, the people not liking him, like, the heat he's garnered from the crowd. Oh, my God. He is a top bad guy next year wrestlemania man I, I don't know i don't know but i'm pretty sure it, you know he might go through the face turn i don't know but right now if they keep baron corbin as a bad guy he could mess around and really be like a heavy hitter like on that side of the roster but ultimately picking up that victory against kurt angle i think means uh for baron corbin that kurt angle was willing to you know he wanted that like that. You know, like the superstars are supposed to, quote, unquote, lose on their way out and, you know, make space for the new up-and-coming superstars. So, honestly, that's when I was uh, look th looking at it last night and thinking about it, that I, it was one of the more humbling things, you know, to see somebody that, you know, you used to main in a video game. But, you know, of course, there's like the real-life aspect to them and you get to know and learn or whatever, that what, you, what you can. You know, but... Uh, to see that, you know, Kurt Angle did that with Drew McIntyre, you have to know that he would do that uh, for Baron Corbin, I guess. You know, and it happened like that, so it's really, really respectable from Kurt to, you know, to make that happen. And it just it gives certain fans what they want when it comes to that as far as uh, showing that, you know, showing us that that part of, you know, sports entertainment and the wrestling culture in itself isn't dead. So, shouts to that match. Bobby Lashley came out with golden contacts. Hilarious. Uh, he's out there, Leo Rush. You know, Intercontinental Championship is going to be on the line against the Demon Finn Balor. Now, uh, okay, if they're running with the tongue thing, okay, fine. Like, just... You know, Finn doing that and being that way, whatever, no problem. I understand. Not even going to knock it. Uh, you know, I was never really that high on, uh, you know, uh, the face paint thing. I just never really was a huge fan of it. But double persona, uh, you know, it only comes out for special occasions and it's undefeated. So why not? He got the smoke. He got the crawl down the ramp. You know, he got his entrance, his WrestleMania entrance. It was, uh, we do remember, well, we do know that this, the show was outside. 
so the sound would go out of the building and up so it uh it, of course at least it was dark outside but you know maybe maybe next year we'll get like the the better one i don't know i don't i i would give the entrance a seven out of ten not saying anything bad on finn at all you know but uh it was you know it was just it was it was an entrance not mad at it at all you know like things move forward it was at like it was cool finn picked up the win very aggressive style against bobby lashley we know he uh wrestles different as the demon and that's another thing that i i really like about it so you know it was it was a match you know good match ic championship was on the line finn picked up the victory as the demon so we'll see how the intercontinental championship uh is handled uh raw after mania and moving forward i believe we've got a superstar shakeup coming up but let's just uh wait till tonight to see how that all plays out and now for the main event. Becky Charlotte Ronda. I looked at Charlotte's Chronicle. I looked at Roman's Chronicle also. Very, very touching uh, from uh, from both of those sides. The Charlotte one, you know, you if you watched it, you could understand how difficult the decision that Mr. McMahon had to make was with, you know, Charlotte uh, just having so much riding on it. You know, one thing I recognize is that she... Well, it's her struggle. Charlotte is fighting this idea of being Ric Flair's daughter and being handed everything along with, you know, actually having to step up to that plate and be the best each time without being told, oh, well, you only won because you're Ric Flair's daughter. That is extremely difficult. And then she, not only is she performing or has to perform at top level but she's performing against other top level superstars one being the epitome of women's mixed martial arts on the mainstream in ronda rousey and the other in being the unquestioned top female superstar in the company right now and the man becky lynch i personally sympathized and I still do with Charlotte, you know. I, I know I like Charizard. That's that's my girl. Yeah, it's the queen. I've I've liked Charlotte from uh, day one. I it was, you know, it was historical. We all know how the match went. So just to to be a part of it, and I was watching Raw when Stephanie brought up Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky. I was there for the formation of Team Bad. The formation of uh, well, I can't remember what them what they called themselves, the uh, submission sorority or something. But they couldn't call themselves that anymore, so then they just called themselves PCB with Paige, Charlotte, and Becky, and whatever. But and, and watching Charlotte be a heel and try to be a face and not really work as well, and Becky constantly just have that same consistent flow of who she is, you know, being, you know, even looked over, still being the not the man yet, but still being the, the straight fire last kicker, you know, it was just to watch them grow to be in this main event, you know, it goes back, well, I'll harken back to this, to the opening match with Tony Neeson, uh, the cruiserweight champion at the time, Buddy Murphy, these, these moments are literally why I started watching WWE again, to have years down the line, 
and then say, yeah, I remember when they were called up. You know, there have been plenty of superstars that have, you know, come up and we haven't seen nor heard anything from, you know, since their uh, call over to the main roster or however we're going to word it. You know, but Charlotte and Becky have been two mainstays. They are literally staples, pillars in this women's evolution that we're in. And I'm not discounting any other woman, you know, like the third name that comes to mind for me personally is Paige. And, you know, this is, again, take nothing away from any woman. Like I sit here and talk about the women's evolution all day. You know, we've almost been here for an hour doing this, but this is, it was a, it was a huge match. It was a great moment. The end of the match saw confusion. Ronda's shoulders might not have all the way been down, but the referee, his word is final. They said that Becky picked up the pinfall. So she is now double champ. Becky Lynch, Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion. She is the top of the WWE Women's Division as a whole. NXT superstars on the women's side. Stand up and salute. We already know they do, you know. And, you know, Charlotte was crying outside. And honestly, if you didn't watch the Chronicle, then you wouldn't have felt it. But I felt it. And it was, you know, uh, there's more opportunities, you know. Like, we know it's, uh, no, but this was mania. This was a huge opportunity. It was the first ever, blah, blah. The main event, we don't know if it's going to ever happen again. And the only thing I can say is what everyone else would have said or has said already. And, you know, at least it happened. You know, at least she was a part of that, no matter the outcome. You know, like, I'm I'm thankful that all three of them went in there and went in the way they did. Ah, small critique. They were talking a bit much. They were a little loud. We can hear them calling out the spots, but it's all right. Because at the end of the day... At least if, you know, you're a, you're a seasoned fan of this, then you you know that they're really still going in on each other and they're trying to be as safe as possible but make it look as dangerous as possible. Like, oh, goodness. It was a lot. All three women left everything in the ring. You could tell how serious they were about leaving it all in the ring because there were slight mistakes that happened. But honestly... That's when, especially after about seven and a half hours of watching so many people do what they love to do with the company that we all love doing what they do best, man, we ain't care about none of those mistakes and mess ups. We were just glad to all be a part of that moment while it was all going down, watching these three women go to hell and back for our entertainment, man. Nobody deserves anything. And that's what Vince McMahon said. So, with that, Becky won. I've been here for 55 minutes. I appreciate you guys for listening. I'm about to get up out of here. I will catch you guys tonight for Raw. Shouts to everybody that brings you the podcast each and every week. And I will catch you guys tomorrow. Peace.